listening to the Ice Prep Podcast. Here's your hosts, Brian and Pat. Well, hello, Pat. How's it going? Not bad. How are you doing, I think, is really the big question here. Uh, I'm not enjoying a green beer, and we're breaking the streak of it snowing during podcast recording day, so there's that. Because yep. happy St. Patrick's Day, because we're yeah, recording happy on St. Patrick's day. day. Yeah, happy, happy Patrick day. day. No, uh, the main reason I'm asking is, <laughs> dude, wait a minute, there wasn't a podcast or an episode last week. What happened? Yeah, it's almost like when you have a kid in daycare, you tend to get sick a little bit more often. Um, we, we couldn't record on Thursday, because I didn't end up coming into work, and on Friday doing the morning show i did the morning show and then booked it home so it was like well no podcast this week again the the little guy likes to bring home bugs from daycare apparently that just wiped me out i mean the the most important thing is that you're better now oh yeah most part yeah Cool. I'm just tired. I'm always tired. I have two kids. It's it's how it goes. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I wasn't asking if you're tired, because that's just assumed. Uh, but no, I just wanted to make sure that you were good, and also just to kind of, if anybody was wondering, where's the episode? That is yeah. what happened, unfortunately. But we are back. We are on episode 17 to match the day we're recording, March 17th. Wow. It's kismet. I, I guess I should uh, I guess I should ask since I haven't for a little while just because maybe somebody's curious how's the outdoor rink Pat the backyard how's the backyard swimming pool well let me tell you about how it is 19 degrees out um, and yeah no it's a soup um, the the tarp itself our neighbor's dog has ripped a hole in a big one this time dug through um, so now. <laughs> There is just mud everywhere. Um, our dog, it is not fun to take Lincoln in the backyard. Um, it is worse than any other spring that we've had. And it is because we're emptying a pool's worth of water into the lawn that was already a mud pit. So I'm really excited to have to spend way too much money to reseed my backyard. And once again, I'm asking the question, when did I become this person? Uh, yeah, it's, I've got a bunch of mud in my backyard when we had to tear some stuff out and it's, I'm already looking at it going, I'm probably tomorrow when I get home from work, going to have to go seed it, get that down. And yeah, it's, I guess this is what happens when you get older than 30. You're like, I must think about my lawn. What can I do? (laughs) It's not even like, I must think about it. It's just like. I'm looking forward to figuring out how to fix this. Lo- like it's like there's genuine excitement about it, and I don't like that. The like last handful of Google searches, instead of being like hockey things or video game things or food things, it's like grass. When can I do grass seed with the with the weather? There's a lot of that in my recent searches, and I didn't think I would become that person. No, I don't. I don't know if I like it. I'm pretty sure I don't. Uh, but at the same time, hey, you know what? I can't rag on it because it brings me joy. So. That's true. You know what else brings me joy, Pat? See, I'm, I'm taking. Oh yeah. See, I've. That was a good. Just like, that was a good segue. I know yours are always just like the most awkward thing, and I'm like, I'll take advantage of working in radio for 15 plus years for my segues, <laughs> and then make it awkward by talking about said segue. Segways. 
Uh, yeah, trade deadline fast approaching. It is Monday at uh, 5 or 6 p.m. I can't remember what the exact time is. I never it's know. It's either 4 or 5 p.m. I can't remember. Um, but it was so dead. And in the last few days, things have started to pick up a tiny bit. Because obviously before the last few days, the big trade was uh, Tyler Toffoli going from Montreal to Calgary. He has been killing it for the Flames. Um, and then, of course, we'll we'll get to this, that Montreal did another trade. Uh, your Avs have been involved in more than one. Um, seems like the top teams are are loading up. And that's not surprising. So we'll go over the last few trades quickly from the last few days. So there's been a few big names that have moved. Yeah, and just to kind of precursor everything, as we've mentioned, we are recording on Thursday, March 17th, good old St. Patrick's Day, which means that by the time this podcast goes live, there's a chance that 400 other trades might have already been completed so with that in mind this is what's been done as of this point and i'm gonna you're gonna hear my keyboard right now because i'm going to open up my tweet deck to make sure that i don't miss any while we're rambling so the ones that have happened we're gonna kind of run through it real quick and just kind of talk about uh the trade itself and then who we think actually won out of the trade if there is a winner at all um between the two teams so on March 14th, there was a bit of movement with uh, the Avalanche. Uh, Joe Sackick doing Sackick things. Love it. Uh, so he traded um, a prospect, Drew Hellison, and a 2023 second-round pick uh, for the defenseman Josh Manson from the Anaheim Ducks. Brian, what do you think? Who who uh, is there a winner out of this one? I uh, in the. For the Stanley Cup playoff run, obviously the Avs are the big winner in this. You never know what a prospect is going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, getting that second is a big deal. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty interesting to see that talent move, though. Um, I was actually a little excited about Hellison. I'd seen Hellison before in the past. Like I, I looked him up just to kind of see... Who they had drafted and he looked really good but i do understand the move there wasn't a ton there sorry there was too much depth if you will on the defensive side like you've got so many solid rookies in their decor that aren't even in the league yet and you've got to try and find somebody like drew hellison to find a slot he plays very very similar to josh manson um so in a few years, yes, you're going to be seeing, you know, decent return for um, Anaheim. You're going to be seeing them see, reaping the rewards. He, they actually just signed him, so he might even be playing relatively soon. Um, but at the same time, that second round pick in 2023, that one's a wild card, obviously. You never know, uh, especially with the second rounder. Uh, I don't know the percentages, but it's it's definitely not high percent if you uh with a second round pick whether or not they're going to play in the nhl or not so i don't think there is no winner or loser in this situation i i think they both just it was a good trade um and yeah drew hellison he was a fantastic uh player for the u.s team so i would um yeah just kind of watch and see how he plays in the future but i i sincerely believe there's no winners here both of them did pretty well i think they both made out well 
I mean, obviously, if the Avs make a deep run, go to the cup final, win it, then it's like, well, yeah, they're the obvious winner in this one. And it though you'd look at a lot of the experts, they're saying that the first round this year, people don't want those picks. They want the second rounds and they want the picks for next year. So yeah. it's it's I think it's a balanced trade and the Avs were sorely lacking another big heavy body in the back. Mm-hmm. They've got that. So and yeah, as you great. said. Yeah. I actually there's one thing I want to point out on this. I've already rambled a bunch on it, but even <laughs> still. Um I really enjoyed that before this trade, a couple days before this trade, um, they said they weren't going to fill any of the holes uh, that they had with Sam Gerrard being out or Gabriel Landeskog being out. Uh, With the two of them on IR, they said they're still going to be running with only 19 uh, players or 19 forwards, I think is whatever the numbers are. That's one less on each side. And everyone's like, what are you doing? Why aren't you bringing another? You need to bring another defenseman. And then they're like, no, we're going to California, so we're just going to scoop up Josh Manson. And he didn't even he didn't even practice with the team. His first time playing with Colorado was the warm-ups. The warm-ups before the game. What? And he Those are the best, great. though, because they, they just give them simple assignments, right? And sometimes yeah. that's what new players need. So there was that was the first trade on the 14th. Yep. There was another one, and this one was shocked oh, a lot of people. Because the player that the Avs traded has been linked in the rumors to what would be going back if they traded for Claude Giroux from Philly. So the Avs trade Tyson Yost, a left-wing center, to the Minnesota Wild. This must have hurt Pat, seeing that there was a trade with the Wild. For Nico Strum, a center. And on paper, Sturm. or Sturm, sorry, on paper, um, this this looks like a fleece by the Avs. Um, yes and no. Uh, so lower I mean, AAV, the stats, like the abs are one of the worst face-off teams in the league Yeah, and they just almost doubled the amount of face-off win percent with this one trade. I mean, there's definitely some good, like some very av skewed side or abs skewed stats. Ooh, that's a mouthful. Um, with the acquiring Nico Stern, uh, just, it's just, the other side of it is he's got an aging contract, meaning that he's going to be a UFA, meaning that they're going to have to figure out how to pay him. Tyson Jost, he needed out. Um, as much as I, like, as a person, he was fantastic. Like, the amount of content that they made with Tyson Jost as, like, the lead person in front of the camera, he was fantastic. Former first-round draft pick, but he's playing third, fourth-line minutes. He's just, he's buried on a team with so many riches, and I'm really, really hopeful that he is successful in Minnesota because they have this bigger team and not the a lot of tiny people to do those little intricate moves, so moving out a big unit and swapping it for a short one you know it's i with this one i don't think again i think this one it's a straight up hockey trade yeah it was a they both benefit so as much as i don't like the wild they both benefited from this trade i think it was a nice and even trade uh we'll jump to the 16th there's one name on this list that's bigger we'll get through these quicker because there is kind of a lot that has happened uh we'll start with this one which was uh out of nowhere um, the Rangers and Panthers doing a trade. Panthers made two trades on the 16th. Panthers get a 2024th round pick. 
They take $2.2 million off the books, and the Rangers get Frank Vitrano. Eh! That was definitely just like, we that need cap, cap space. Yeah. Uh, because shortly after that, the Panthers make another trade. Uh, they send off Tyler uh, Smilinak. Or, yeah, they send off a 2023rd first-round pick. That's the year that everybody wants. Keep that in mind. It is unprotected as well. A 2022nd fourth-round pick. Ben Sherratt heads to the Panthers. That team is stacked, and apparently they are not done. Um, just quickly from my side, this is one of those deals that how did the Habs get a first-round pick uh, out of Ben Sherratt? Good for them, and Florida might just be the scariest team in the East now. I am going to say that Florida lost both of these. Um, in my opinion, I think that that was a big old yikes. Um, dumping Frank for Trano. He's having a great season. They could have gotten more. Um, if They're they, like the Leafs, though, that they've got an embarrassment of riches up front right now. It's true. That it, it's cap space. We know they're not done yet. There's other players out there. We half jokingly seriously said Phil Kessel will go to Florida. Who, If you had the choice between Frank Vitrano or Phil Kessel, you're taking Phil Kessel 10 times out of 10. No, I would be taking Frank Vitrano out of the two of them. As much as I like Kessel, I think Vitrano can bring more to the team overall. Um, It it just feels like they might as well have just said future considerations for Frank Vitrano with a fourth-round pick. I would have fought a little bit harder, maybe do like a 20-24 third. Um, It just seems really low. Um, and then when it comes to Sherratt, like they gave up a first round draft pick for a defenseman that is okay. I don't like, he is not first round pick worthy in my opinion, but there's just, the market is terrible. The market's terrible. And what I've seen just quickly on this is a lot of people saying, you can't look at his stats from this year because the Habs were forced to play him in a way that he's not meant to play because he didn't have a strong partner with him. If you look at how he was in the playoffs, if he is anything like that for Florida, this could have been an underpayment, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, there was one more trade on the 16th. Um, yeah, boy, boy, Cali got traded. So instead of doing all these uh, these deals during the expansion draft, Seattle has decided you want what we have now. Um, Howie Yarncook goes to the Flames in exchange for a 2022nd, a 2023rd third, that's confusing to say, and a 2024th seventh. That just seems like a straight up, yeah, here's, here's the player, here's some picks. Calgary knows that they kind of have to go for it in a sense, just because Johnny Gaudreau may or may not be back next year. Uh, I believe is Kachuk not on the final year of his uh, three year that he signed or something. I'd have to look that up, but uh, uh, it's definitely a two horse race in the West right now between Calgary and the avalanche and Calgary has the one thing the abs don't. And that is stable goaltending. So I think that this is a solid win. Hey, if you had the choice between Markstrom or Kemper and, um, uh, Francis, I'm taking Markstrom every single time. Let me let me get there. You no, can... no, no. I'm saying you were flat out wrong. They started off rocky, whereas Markstrom uh, started pretty well. And same with Vladar. But at the same time, it's like you're it, the way it's per, you're putting it is like 
that they're in trouble because of their goaltending. No, Whereas, no, no, no. Like, it's been two games in a row that Darcy Kemper's posted shutouts. So, like, no, the, both of them are equally good goaltending tandems, meaning that they're literally, like, neck and neck when it comes to quality of games. The games will be fantastic when they meet in the in the playoffs. I hope, but, I hope they do. But the you saying that there's shaky goaltending? No. Like, for the first month, yeah. It's been, like, how many months? It's been four months since there was bad goaltending? Are you going to talk about the bad goaltending in Toronto? No. Like... Uh, everybody knows. They have the worst save percentage in the league right now, and they're still winning games. So, I mean, you can outscore your problems. Yes, the Avs have had better goaltending lately, and they absolutely dummied the Flames the other night. I'll give you that, but if I still had to choose my goalie pair, if you're stacking them up side by side, Flames sit higher, forward and defense, Avs sit higher. That is more important when it comes to that. So that's where mm-hmm. I'm going with that. This trade, good for both sides. Seattle, maybe they're finally starting to get some picks that they were so desperately trying to get when they had all these players that they signed at the expansion deadline. So it this one, to me, is just a straight-up good trade for both and apparently there's a lot of connections between uh, Flames players and uh, uh, Kelly Yarncrook anyway. So, The one thing I wanted to say that we uh, we didn't actually mention during the, the Ben Chirot trade is that Montreal uh, holds on to 50% of his salary. So, Which is why Florida is not done yet. If they're yeah. doing a retain, um, that that's a big part of Florida not being done yet. And just doing one last quick check to make sure there hasn't been any other while we're doing this, and it doesn't look like it. Any. So, no. that's been the trade so far. Obviously, um, on our last episode, which was two weeks ago, we went over uh, twelve players. Uh, obviously, we just talked about Sherratt. We both guessed that he would be traded. Neither of us guessed the team. Uh, the other thing on there that we were both correct on was Thomas Hurdle would stay with the San Jose Sharks. Oh my God, that is an overpayment. Mm-hmm. Um, but congrats to him making eight point one two five million over eight years. Um, Nassim Kadri is going to make as much as Mitch Marner if this is the case. Uh, that is JT Miller. God, the two of them like, are just like money. The NHL right now is <laughs> acting like the salary cap doesn't exist, and it is going to screw over some teams. Like, don't get me wrong, Hurdle is a great, great player. I don't think he is worth that. If COVID doesn't happen and the salary cap is up near 90 plus right now, yes, it's still a tight cap. I think that's an overpayment, but I I hope I'm proved wrong. Uh, Very rarely do we see eight-year contracts for players that are not coming off their ELC workout. So best of luck, San Jose, with your very expensive eight-year contracts for like four of your players and none of them look good currently. That just proves that San Jose still has a million miles to go if they're still thinking, oh, we need to lock people up long term. How? You're is supposed that still to be thing? rebuilding. Get the asset. Like, Carlson's not getting any younger. Brent no. Burns isn't getting any younger. No. You lost Pavelski in the last little. Like, um, Kachur can't carry the team by himself. Timo Meyer, he's going to demand more money than what Hurdle has. So it's like, they're well, they're in such a bad position. And, yeah, it's just, I don't understand. Like, I I get the mentality of I want to play in a place. I want to have job security, pretty much, for the seven- or eight-year contract length. I get that. You also want to lock up a good asset 
for long term. I also understand that. However, eight years on somebody that isn't, like you said, ELC, so just like a, a rookie, pretty much. You're locking up a person for eight years. You are betting that for eight years, this person is going to be worth, in theory, $8 million. So he'll I don't be 36 know. at the end of his contract. That's a Here's jump. why, to me, it is a ridiculous overpayment. He has scored over 50 points once in his career. That was 74. He, A guy who doesn't get over 50 points in a season just got an eight million dollar contract that is not like yes a lot of people were like jack hughes got paid eight by eight jack hughes is making less than hurdle is six years younger and is currently uh point per game better and getting towards that for his career like Love Hurdle would love to have seen him on the Devils, but I good for him on making all this money. But San Jose, like they they are just digging their grave deeper and deeper. We didn't even want to talk about this, and then that came up. It's like they're still trying to figure out what to do with Carlson and with Burns. Like they don't know what to do when it comes to giving players money. They're like, so how much do you want? Okay, stay. Oh, so here's 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 the actual thing they have to do. Is just fire everybody on their friggin' team. <laughs> like fire everyone in the in the the head office. Are you kidding me? Who made that choice? Who says it's to like themselves, Vancouver? This seems like a good deal. It's like Vancouver just signing. It's like Peter Shirelli signing players that yeah they're good to way too much money for way too much term, and then the next person has to deal with it. Um, I <laughs> will move on from San Jose because I don't want to get into. Should have been five years. Them. That's all I'm going uh, to say. It should have been five, and his. Salary shouldn't have gone from two point four to eight. Nope. Uh, if he was paid six to six and a half, we would have looked at that and said that is a perfect contract. That is Five not necessarily team friendly. He gets a good amount. Um, <laughs> so remember a few weeks ago when I brought up my whole the Edmonton Oilers and the New York Rangers are the exact same team except one has a world uh, breaking goaltender. Yeah, and then ever since then, you even pointed this out to me because you were like, all I'm seeing everywhere is all these comparisons between these two teams. Um, this is one of my favorite tweets that I've seen. It says, under Gallant, so he's their their new head coach, uh, New York Rangers skaters have declined offensively from 10th to 17th in goals per game, defensively from 13th to 22nd in shots against per game. He is currently the front runner for the Jack Adams. It's his civic duty to immediately donate the trophy to the only reason he's there Igor Shosturkin. More and more people are seeing what we caught early. The Rangers are being hard carried by a once in a decade plus goaltending. Like, not very often will you see a goalie win the Hart and the Vesna. And the Rangers, if they make it to the playoffs, they're so screwed. They will make it to the playoffs. They're so oh, yeah. screwed. No, they. So they I, I just do... wanted to bring that up because it was one of those like. When I first brought that up, the disbelief that you had until it clicked, and even since then, I've seen you bring more stats back to be like, yeah, it's, it's worse than what you thought it was. Yeah, um, I am glad to see that New York was the one that was willing to give up a fourth to pick up Frank Vitrano. Like, that's a good pickup. He's a good player. Like, people they do need kind of sleep scoring. on him. And, like, that's absolutely a really good depth forward. Um 
I don't know. It's tough. They have to do a lot of moves. They have to, like, I am flat out saying if they don't do it this year, they need to move out Kako or Lafreniere. As much as they are fantastic players, they are being completely underutilized, much like Tyson Jost on this team. They have too much depth on one side, and they need to figure it out. Move that asset now. Period. Like, I I am praying that I see Nazem Kadri gets traded uh, right now because... It, that's just, you're walking away from money. You're walking away from a good player. Um, if if you let it hold, go, hold, hold on a second. Deadline. You want the Avs to trade away Kadri? You want the Avs to trade? Yeah. There's the term own rental. He not having him on your roster going into the, yeah. He's got the history of getting suspended. If he doesn't. The Avs become such a worse team without him. If if they well, trade away Kadri, trade, they've basically you, said we don't want to win the cup. Yeah, but you won for one, or you you spice it up no. or something. No, like you 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 ride you ride Kadri. Hope he doesn't get suspended. You say bye bye at the end of the season. Here's your ring. We'll give it to you when uh, we we play whatever team you're on uh, next season. There's no like that. If Sakic did that. He would go from being a genius to like join Peter Shirelli on the dunce cap table. Yeah, but you say that, but you don't know what the other side of it is. What if he comes back and somehow it's Giroux and Frost? Like, what happens if you've got these fantastic? So pieces you're still that come in? you're tra- you th- then you're trading for a player that has a higher AAV that mm-hmm. you'd have to resign again next year and an unproven commodity in Frost. That to me is you're still taking an L on that. Kadri is a better player than Drew, all things considered. That is a downgrade that costs you more that you're going to lose. Yeah, you get Frost, but he's he's kind of shown that he can play, but he wouldn't be any higher than the fourth line. That is a that's yeah, a but our big fourth line is that would be such a win for Philly and such an L for the Avalanche that no. it is like that would be an Avalanche one-sided trade for the Flyers in I, my eyes. I look at Kadri and he is over-indexed. He is playing way too high and he is scaling back since hitting those numbers. He's still doing well, but it's just he moves to Philly. He's going to be nothing. He's going to be garbage. And I know that you can just get rid of it, but at this point, this is when you can pick up assets using him as a tool. And I know that it, it seems like a weird thing, but he can you can get somebody like, I don't know, maybe even now JT Miller, his contract's expiring. Playoff-bound teams, like the Avs are already it. locked in. Do not, at the deadline, trade away key pieces to try and bring something else in. That is how you want to destroy your locker room mentality, the players there that love him. Oh, yeah, he's gone. That, that guy that stepped up, the guy that stepped up when our entire first line was injured, yeah, he's gone. He won't get he doesn't get to play with us. I that Pat, I have to be honest, that might be the worst take I've heard from you in a while. No, I sincerely believe if I was the GM, I would be looking or I would be shopping Kadri to see how big of an asset we can get. This is not NHL 22, and I know you've won like 5 Stanley Cups in a row in that game, but that game is not anything close to real life. So but here's the this is the problem that I have with that mentality though of you know oh well you know here's this here's the you know we we're too afraid to do that it's just that's what's happened so many times in a row over and over and over and over and over it's the mm, okay maybe not oh maybe not and it's the ones that take the risks that see the rewards 
And that's the way I look at it is if I was GM for a year, I would be 100% all in on risk. They already took so many big chances with some of their trades that they've done. And I just sincerely believe that that you look at uh, what Sackett's been able to spin into gold, you know he has a list of players that are being undervalued, underappreciated, that he could package with a player that's properly valued and get two good pieces that can replace Kadri easily because I don't think he's as good as everyone thinks he is. He's playing out of his mind, but you look at his like his overall statistics, he is a good second, maybe third-line center going forward for the rest of his career. If I'm wrong, fine. I don't care. At the same time, I've seen him play in Toronto. I've seen him play in London. I've seen him play uh, for Colorado, and I just do not see that as a positive going forward like i i just i feel so, like it's a missed opportunity to just walk away from that so piece. it's it's next season at the trade deadline nathan mckinnon has to sign a new contract next year you know it's going to cost you over 11 million dollars you have to trade him same logic no because that's an all-star that's a that's your franchise piece that's the person you built the team around why would you get rid of that nazim kadri was somebody that because they value you have to you have to pay him more money next year he's He's, his contract's going to no, be No, I'm up. not saying that at all. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying that Joe Sackick is looking at Nazem Kadri and understands that he is playing much higher than he's actually worth. So right now is the time that he could make the most value for prospects, picks, and people that are valued properly to get more return from him. So if you look at a Giroux one-to-one, no, that's not worth it because Kadri, like you said, is better than Giroux. But if you bring in Giroux and you get a fourth liner or third liner that can just absolutely fantastic but undervalued in Philadelphia because it's Philadelphia, then he looks like a genius. Plain well, that simple. makes well that makes sense. There's it doesn't and will not happen. I can I, guarantee you that. I know it won't that. happen. I'm aware <laughs> it won't happen. I'm saying this is what should happen. Just it, yeah, this isn't the NBA where star players just get moved around at a whim and then get traded again the next season and sign and do all of this. It's the NHL. Things like that don't happen. I know, there's, and that's there's what no, bums like, me out. The only like remotely close thing that you can think of in the last little while, um, and it still doesn't account because Ottawa wasn't making the playoffs anyway, was when they traded away DeShane um, to Columbus, and Columbus decided to also keep Panarin and keep Bobrovsky. If they got rid of those, they were like, well, we're probably not going to be the best next year. They wouldn't have made the playoffs that year. So it's, it's there's a it's difference just- between... But it wasn't getting Duchesne. That was from a non-playoff team. So it's... I don't know in our life if we will ever see a second-line center who, yeah, he's he's overperforming, would ever get traded in a situation like you said. Video games? Yeah, all day. In the actual NHL, not a chance that that happens. Um, there's I'm, there's I'm a 0% chance. It's... We can't even Jim Carrey it. There's a 0% chance. It's so disappointing that it is a 0% chance because it should be on the table in my mind. That conversation should be on the table, but it's not. And if it does happen, then I'm forcing you to buy a Nazem Kadri on Philadelphia jersey (laughs) just because, man, the amount, like, because you will never be able to live that down. (laughs) 
I know well, I'm luckily, wrong. Luckily for me, it'll never happen, so I don't even yeah. have to worry about that one. Um, let's let's jump from there because uh, got a little heated on that one. Instead of New York. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, just trying to look where to jump because there's been a lot that's gone on. Let's let's look at Arizona quickly because um, they started out as the worst team in the league. Something has absolutely clicked uh, between them and Montreal. I saw the stat the other night. They were like the third and fourth best record for the past like 15 or 20 games in the NHL. Um, Montreal's been killing it with the advent of bringing in uh, Marty St. Louis. Arizona's just decided, hey, we can score goals. And that's what they're doing. It's ridiculous. Um, Wedgwood, who yeah, we joked about, he gets waved from the Devils, goes to Arizona, wins the game. He's done that twice now in two separate seasons. He's playing phenomenal. Their main goalie is... Um, well, who is their main goalie at this uh, point? Veg, Veg Malka, or however you pronounce his Vemelka. name. But Vemelka. like, it could be either of them. Yeah, like it really that's, could be. And the scary thing is, if Arizona started out... You know, actually... I was thinking about this. You know when this all turned for Arizona? When they got rid of Labushkin. You know when everything turned on its head for the Leafs? When they got Labushkin. No, it's the, <laughs> the other way around. The timing is so close. It's so funny, though. The timing is almost so close that both teams, like, swap from being good to bad. I I prefer the chaos route and that it's Nick Ritchie is the source oh, yeah. of this. Because if you actually look at Nick Ritchie's numbers... Well, it's that's what happens when you bring in a player like Nick Ritchie to the Leafs and his every everybody was like he is our new Zach Hyman and he's like no I'm not. No, he and then he kept going down the line, down the line, couldn't get minutes and then eventually Michael Bunting goes up and he forces Matthews and Marners to go into the corner and you realize, "Oh, they're really good at that without having Zach Hyman there." Nick Ritchie getting a chance to shine. On a team, Montreal and Arizona are in the same mindset right now. Let's have fun, mm-hmm. and let's ruin teams' days, and they are doing phenomenal at it. Well, yeah, like if you look at Richie's numbers right now, so all season, so Toronto and Arizona, mash them together, he has 16 whole points. He is killing it. He is having a career season. He's not. Um, with Arizona, though, out of those 16 points... He has seven points in Arizona. He has played only nine games. So he is very close to a point-per-game record, and he's shooting at 31%. So that's a little high, but it's for there are certain players, when they join a team that is full of superstars, they don't get the chance to shine how they are. That's why when Vegas came in, they, everybody was like, oh my god, all these, all these players, how can they be so good? They were always that good. They just couldn't shine with the other players around them. And you're almost seeing the same type of thing in Arizona right now. Obviously, having uh, a 940 save percent goalie and a 942 save percent goalie helps a ton. Um, And Nick Schmaltz just deciding, uh, look out, everybody. I'm coming for the Rocket Richard for no reason, just for like a one-week period. Um, Coyotes suddenly are fun to watch. They've got the best jersey in the league. Um, I would fight anybody who disagrees about the Kachina being the best jersey. Oh, it absolutely is. But, like, 
it's just it's wild when you look at all the numbers it's absolutely bonkers nick's nick schmaltz is over a point per game he's at 42 points 41 games played he's shooting at 23 percent that's not that's that's a good chunk of his season and he's shooting at like one in four of his shots pretty much are going in the net that's insane. Then you've got Vimelka and you've got Wedgwood posting 940 plus in back-to-back months. Wedgwood posted his 942 in February and Vimelka is posting 940 currently in March. Both of them having nearly identical games played, 5 and 4. So again, that's insane. The weirdest, craziest part about all of this. And this it's the reason of why I wanted to talk about this. Like you can't see how friggin' animated I am right now. Um they have, in the last 10 games, the lowest shots on goal. The, sorry, the second lowest shots on goal in the league. Only team worse is San Jose. Gasp. <laughs> um, and f- throughout the entire season, they do have, they are in 32nd place. The weird part in their last 10 games, Arizona has the most shot attempts per game. So they are shooting, they're not getting through, and the ones that are getting through are going in. It's insane! I don't it, understand it! The ice is tilting in the right direction. Like, in their last 10 right now, they're 7-3. and three. You've got one, uh, another team at 7-3 and three in Nashville, Vancouver 7-2-1, and one. Boston 7-2-1, so seven seven and one. Calgary 7-2-1, and one. Carolina 7-2-1. and one. The, <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes have a better last 10 then the Avs, then the Panthers, then the Bolts, then the Leafs, then the like the list goes on. It is stupid. It is fun. I love it. And they are playing themselves out of potentially getting that first overall pick. But I mean, everybody wants next year and the year after that anyway. So it's they're they're a fun team to watch right now. Um, <laughs> and if the Leafs or the Avalanche are playing, just bet the house on the Yotes because they're yep. gonna win. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. They're taking down all the top teams, and you know what? Good for them. I love it. Um, I have this weird soft spot for Arizona. I think it's because it's just like, oh, you tried. Um, <laughs> but with the with the like sticker star that's just like slightly yeah. off tilted. <laughs> At least you tried. Yeah, exactly. They get a participation ribbon every single season, and literally their new arena is a physical equivalent of a participation ribbon, but. I just, I just love it. I love this weird narrative that's building between the Canadians and uh, the Coyotes because it's just, it doesn't make sense. Why are they trying so hard to win games? They shouldn't be. Shane Wright is a fantastic player. Why are they not tanking for I, the first? It's I great. Don't think, I don't think that they're, well, obviously they never want to lose. But I don't think they're like going out being like we're gonna destroy all these good teams. They're going out having fun, yeah. And it shows, like, something good, a good save or a good goal happens. Their whole team goes ballistic. It's just like happy fun. And the team that they're playing against, the it's like the exact opposite because it's like okay, the Coyotes, and it's like oh, yeah, the 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 Coyotes, they're they're coming in hot. So. It's one of those, it's like the Ottawa Senators the last few years. It's like if the season started now and then went forward, they would stand a chance of making it in. But, this I mean, year, no. they're going to they're gonna end up trading away a ton of their roster um, anyway, most likely. Yeah. But, I mean, good for them. It's fun to watch. 
Uh, who knows who will end up with Shane Wright at this point? Um, yeah, and I mean, watch watch the lottery draw the person that's like twelfth place in the league. So it doesn't even matter. <laughs> Like, Which well, right now would be the Detroit Red Wings, I believe. Or, sorry, the New York Islanders. Oh, no. Nobody, no. That sucks. I would hate to be Shane Wright and have to go to, like, I would rather go to Arizona and play in front of four people than play for the New York Islanders. I don't know. There's just some about that team. And I don't really hate them. It's just, like, I look at, I watch their games, and I'm like, boy, this is boring hockey. I've never been so bored watching a hockey game than any game with the New York Islanders. There was a game, it was New York Islanders versus the Minnesota Wild. I don't even think alcohol and getting like blackout drunk would have made that entertaining to watch. <laughs> oh my god. It was pulling teeth and having your nails pulled out at the same time. It was torture. It was awful. Yeah, it's almost like the style that got them almost to the Stanley Cup final uh, the last two years. Teams have figured out and they said, screw you. Yeah, and even when they were going to the Stanley Cup Finals, it was boring hockey because it was yep. low event because they were so good at shutting down good players. So it's not saying that they're a bad team. I, well, I mean, they started off really bad, so maybe a little bit of that. But last year they were a fantastic team because they were really good at that. But it was the it was oh uh, oh uh, I like a glass of warm milk would have kept me up longer than watching a New York Islanders game. <laughs> My goodness. Um. I want to move from there to one thing before we hit uh, games of the week. And that is what is going on in Vegas. <laughs> um, the opposite as it of stands, Arizona. <laughs> as it, yeah, no kidding. As it stands right now, they have one point up on the next wildcard team. Dallas has Four games in hand. Vancouver has one game in hand. Winnipeg has a game in hand. If Vegas can't figure this out because they are missing most of their roster at this point, Leonard might not be back until the playoffs. You know Stone's not coming back. The majority of their team is gone. Um, They're going to have to swing at this trade deadline. They've already swung, obviously, bringing in Eichel. If they don't make the playoffs... It, it'll be fun to watch that blow up in the offseason because you know that their owner is going to be like, bring me people who can win hockey games. And they'd be like, we had $35 million in cap space on IR. He'd be like, I don't care. They are one of the worst teams in the league in the last 10. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they I mean, still very luckily sit in the second wildcard spot, but unfortunately for them, uh, Vancouver's turning it on. Dallas is turning it on. LA and Edmonton are being consistent with their wins. So the maybe we guessed wrong with Vegas at the start of the season where like they, they have to hold off until Eichel gets there and then they might be able to sneak in. Well, uh, we, we guessed wrong. We were like three months too early because right now they are not going to make the playoffs. They're, they're slated at a 52%. That's so, not good. No, the the biggest issue is they're hurt. Like you you said it, the IR is full, and it's their owner doesn't care though. No, but I'm just saying that like, it's it's pretty easy to to connect the dots there. It's just like we've paid all this money for all of these superstars to come play for us, and all of them are undergoing surgery. Leonard is out. Uh, I just read today that uh, Jesse Granger. Uh, I'm not sure. 
I haven't, didn't actually look to see who that was. Oh, they cover the Golden Knights for the Athletic. There you go. Yeah. Um, Jesse Granger uh, said that it point all signs point to Robin Leonard's latest injury being a significant one. I hesitate to put a timeline on it because of the uncertainty, but it's very possible he misses the rest of the regular season. So, I don't know. It just it seems like we're just they're not going to be able to to come back from this if they don't have that goalie backing them. Do you know what's really funny? Um, legitimate rumors from like actual sources saying Vegas is trying to court Flower back. Like that yeah. bridge was hard burned. They're trying to court it. Like that is how bad it is in Vegas right now. If you haven't watched that ball from Grace, because they were. At one point, were they not sitting in the top of the Pacific? And then uh, you've got Calgary, L.A., Edmonton that have just decided, all right, it's time to go. And if if Vegas doesn't make it, though, I cannot wait to watch that implosion because we are – they ship out whoever. They don't care. It is going to be so fun, and you just hope that your team is the one that they call and say, take this player. I don't care what I get back. One Petrangelo, please. It's, I don't know. It's going to be interesting um, because this will. This is the first time they've ever had a struggle, really. When you think about it, they've only been around for a handful of years, and this is the first year that they've been like, "Oh, wait, you don't go to the playoffs every single season." <laughs> um, so their fan base is going to be super rattled, which you know, good. Uh, but you, you need some hardship in your team, plain and simple. That, like, that weeds out the Fairweather fans. Like, you need a season like the Avalanche where it was just like, oh, my God, at least we got, you know, more than 15 shots on net. Like, <laughs> you know, things like that. Like, the little wins in the just colossal mess, you need that. So, with that all being said and done, I don't know if they'll do a full-blown get rid of everybody because I think part of the reason of getting rid of everybody was like, let's bring in as much talent as we can. And I I just can't see them saying, well, it was the superstar's fault because they got hurt. They didn't really get a chance to play the whole season with all of them, um, all of them healthy. And I, it would be weird for them to blow up that team maybe just, maybe third and fourth line yeah they light those guys on fire and ship them out to sea but i just can't see them getting rid of like petrangelo and stone i'm just and basing Eichel. that off of like hearing merrick and friedman from 32 thoughts talking about it because they're they've basically said that the owner of vegas he he wants to win he doesn't take excuses and which is why it's like what are they going to do i have the feeling they're going to be um, busy on Monday, can't wait, which of course is the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else to add there, Pat? With the Vegas stuff, um, I don't know. It's, I mean, you don't want to play them in the playoffs. They keep eliminating you. So yeah, but it is sad to see a team that is so good. They are such a good team. Every player on that team is very good, yeah. but it's just, with so many of them hurt and they're relying on these untested rookies and just people that aren't really ready to be on the team or just in spots that they shouldn't be in matchups that don't make sense goaltending that's terrible because they're too young they're unproven they're just they're not playing their role and seeing a team implode like that that was supposed like i think most people assume they would be top of their division oh yeah 
It sucks. I mean, it's great. It's a great narrative, but it sucks for the team. It sucks for the people on the team. I feel bad for Eichel. I really. I was do. gonna say that's the only person that I feel bad in all of this because I want to see Eichel in the playoffs because I feel like he's going to be he a monster because he's gonna he's got the runway up to it. But yeah. we'll see what happens with Vegas. Obviously, everything can turn on a dime. Look at Arizona and Montreal jumping back in. Uh, but I think it's time to go to this. The Ice Prep Podcast presents Games, games of the of Week. The week. Uh, there's no last week's Games of the Weeks, because obviously I was under the weather, so we didn't do a podcast last week, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, we'll start with yours, just because um, we just talked a little bit about um, <laughs> one of the teams. Go figure! Who would have thunk it? Uh, yeah, so my Game of the Week, Vegas... At Minnesota. Um, So that's Monday at 8. The reasoning behind it is kind of in part of what I've said about Vegas already, where they're struggling, they're fighting to hold on to that spot. But Minnesota is not doing wonderful as it is anyway. Um, They picked it up since the last time we talked about them. They've... uh, what were their last seven? I haven't even looked at what You mean they picked it up by continuing to injure oh. and bear hug and maul more players and get away with it? Okay, so I'm going to touch Don't get on this. Too much into I'm going to touch on this quickly. The one thing that you mentioned, there was a goal that Jordan Greenway, my most hated player in the league, alongside Matt Dumba, just because they injure people. Um, Matt Dumba, he hurt somebody in a different game. Uh, he went to, I can't even remember which game it was, but he went to fight the person who was like pretending to. Then uh, I believe it was Detroit, actually. Yeah, it was a Detroit game when he busted the head open of uh, uh, Lucas, Lucas Raymond. Raymond. Yeah, yeah, busted his head open on the ice, continued to punch him in the face while he's on the ice, bleeding out of the back of his head, and Raymond's trying to just protect himself. Then, when he gets called out for it and somebody wants to fight him, he cowers away. He's he's a coward. Uh, by the way, didn't get suspended for that. Austin no. Matthews suspended two games. We exactly. didn't even touch on that, so I mean... Pfft. Yeah, well, I mean, I think enough has been said uh, about how completely stupid... The, Spin the wheel! Me... Yeah. The, the player safety department is just, it's an oxymoron. But the one thing I do have to say, though, is you Jordan Greenway, with the goal that you were referencing there, again, he bear hugs somebody to the ice, pushes their stick away from them. If you watch it closely, elbows him in the head twice, gets up and scores the goal. That ends up being the game-winning goal against Boston. Um... I'm not a Boston fan, but I was furious watching that. I couldn't believe that that happened. Even Wild fans were like, we didn't deserve that one. Like, that's when you know it's bad when the home team is like... Well, so here's the the thing, though. I went looking to see people's takes on it, and it took a long time to find people being upset about it. I couldn't oh, I, I saw a ton on Reddit on the uh, the live well, thread for it. On this, If you go to the, the dedicated subreddit, they're like, yes, we got away with it. But it's... It's so bad. Anytime you watch one of their games, it's just like, who is going to injure someone? Who is going to do something dangerous? Every single game, the Minnesota Wild does that. And that's why I'm excited for the Minnesota versus Vegas game. Because Vegas has nothing to lose at this point. So it is quite literally going to be a melee. They are just going... Oh, Vegas is going to trade for a whole bunch of goons and be like, it's our time now. Yeah, We're the new Broad Street Bullies. Yeah, they're going to just have a like a lineup from third the third fourth pair is just going to be people that are 6 foot 7 or taller. 
The uh, Vegas is going to finish off the season, make the playoffs by becoming Danbury Thrashers of the NHL. I w- or Trashers, sorry, Trashers. Trashers. But yes, um, it'll be a good game because it will be chaotic. Um, Vegas. It may not be has- good hockey, but it, no. it'll be entertaining good. It'll be entertaining good, and both teams have a lot to lose. That's the thing. Both of them. Minnesota are a... was like a lock for the playoffs, and they're slipping. Sl- well, I shouldn't say slowly. They've slipped a ton. Um, right now, they're like Nashville could jump them, and then suddenly they're in a wild card spot. So I sincerely hope that that Minnesota is able to hold on um, or gets knocked out because I don't want them to be the matchup against Colorado because they will. They'll injure them. As soon as they go down in the game, they injure players. They, it's it's bad. It's you so want St. Louis, Minnesota in the first round because you just want those two teams to decimate each other and then pick up the, yeah, take and out you Falk, eat the scraps. Take out Falk and Perron and we're good. Uh, um, we'll move on from there because yeah. Pat is, he I gets on the, the wild sometimes and it's really funny. Um, <laughs> Tuesday night, uh, we kind of touched on both of these teams a little bit on this. Uh, so I've got a Central taking on a Pacific. Uh, one team on the outside looking in. Technically, they're in right now, but Edmonton taking on Dallas. Edmonton has slowly started to figure things out. Obviously, Mike Smith is not part of them figuring things out. Mm-hmm. Koskinen is actually playing good right now. Um, you and I had on our trade bait list that we think that Marc-Andre Fleury is going to end up in Edmonton. We'll see about that one. But Edmonton and Dallas... Dallas is in trouble the longer they keep their current head coach, and I don't think they're going to get rid of him. They no. cannot score goals, and it's only like they they have one kid who can score goals, and he scores hat tricks, and then they get shut out by a rookie. So Edmonton should just absolutely decimate them, mm-hmm. but obviously it's Edmonton as well. So I, I think it'll be an entertaining game in the fact that for all we know, it could be a playoff matchup or it could be seeing the rise of one team and the complete fall of the other right after the trade deadline. Yeah, I look at Dallas. Uh, they play really similarly to what New York Islanders were doing last year. So really low event hockey. They don't do a lot with it. They also are suffering from some injuries. You know, they one of their goaltenders is out. I can't, was it, uh, which one was it? Oh, was um, it Hudobin? Uh, yeah, I believe so. And then luckily for them, they've got Jake Ottinger, who's been killing it. But because of, because of the injury, now they can't trade, um, oh, who was on the Canucks last year and won the cup with uh, the Capitals? Braden Holpe. Holpe. Yeah. So now he can't be (laughs) traded because they wouldn't have a second goalie. So who knows what'll happen? That's my game of the week. Uh, that one is on Tuesday night. Of course, Pat is Monday night, uh, Vegas taking on Minnesota. We'll see how right we are on these ones. Uh, I must say, good to be back doing the podcast again. I miss weeks where we don't get to do it. Yeah, uh, same with my wife. She just could. <laughs> the amount of times I was like, but Claude Giroux, if he comes to Colorado, and she just I could see the glaze on her eyes and was just like, I would rather jump in front of a truck than listen to this One of these days, right she's just going to like grab your phone and call me and just be like, just talk to him, please. He One of these needs days to vent hockey. To- we're going to have to do quizzes of things that I have talked about to her to see if she was listening. And I don't think that she would appreciate that at all. No, let's let's not do that and get um, everybody involved in trouble. Because yeah, I would true. also get in trouble for that. So we won't play that game. 
Um, want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in. Episode 17. Um, it's a absolutely gorgeous uh, St. Patrick's Day outside. By the time you hear this, obviously, it'll be Friday. The episode won't be out till Friday for when you're listening. Um, so who knows what trades will have or won't happen, but we're getting to the final 72-ish hours of the trade deadline, so should be fun. Anything to add, Pat, before we close it out? Uh, no, it's just looking like right now Joseph Wall for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, got injured in <laughs> the Marlies uh, in a game, so... It'll be interesting. Um, I'm really, really excited for trade deadline. I'm excited to be disappointed yet again because every year... Oh, every year's a disappointment. That's the best part. Every year. And I'm always so excited. And every year I'm like, that sucked. And then next year I'm like, can't wait. So I'm excited to be disappointed again, um, which is what my wife says. So uh, other than that, uh, no, just stay safe out there. Enjoy this weather. If you're seeing some nice weather, get out. Go for those stupid little walks and for your mental health and all that stuff because mental health is important.